It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was wounded. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I am Ben Bolin. Hey, Ben, I got a, uh, a topic here that I want to talk about that um, I think you and I both have kind of similar interests in this area. Um, there's been in the last, I'm going to say in the last five, six years, Kind of a trend towards automakers bringing back older auto design. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't call it a comeback, even though it is. It is. It's a comeback. And mm-hmm. uh, I guess you can call it retro design, maybe. Sure. Uh, yeah. We've had some listeners that have mentioned that they wanted to uh, hear something about this. We've had some people on Facebook mention it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the older, I guess at this point, pony car designs that are coming back that, um, you know, we saw in the late 1960s, mm-hmm. maybe mid-1960s. Maybe mid-1960s. Yeah, something like that. There's a, there's a lot of these, and when I started to really dig into it, you know, there's there's three that stand out, and we'll talk about those first. Okay. Uh, that, you know, you see commonly around. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's a whole list of cars that I think deserve kind of honorable mention, in that, uh, you know, maybe they're not really a car coming back, but something that's been there all along, or something that they're just taking little styling cues from, Previous designs, not a full redesign, but mm-hmm. uh, well, let's let's talk about that later. But okay. right now, let's talk about the the three that probably most people are familiar with. You want to you want to hit us with those? Uh, yes, the three that people are most familiar with. We're guessing when we're playing this show are the Camaro, mm-hmm. the Challenger, mm-hmm. and the Mustang. Correct. Yeah, and uh, actually. Um, in reverse order, that was mm-hmm. given because uh, you know I've got them uh, listed here as as model years when they came out, and I'll I give give you a little bit of a, a background on these, but yeah, um, I kind of really want to get to our our honorable mentions because they're the fun ones. They they're really are. So fun. let's let's just quickly go through these because okay. uh, the Ford Mustang now they've they were the first with this throwback design. I'll call mm-hmm. it throwback design for now. That's cool. That? That's a good way to say it. Um, and the the throwback design for Mustang came in the fifth generation of Mustang. So you know, there's there's all these different generations where it begins. You know, the first is the initial design. Sure. Uh, then you know, there's a, a dramatic styling change to the second generation, mm-hmm. etc. And uh, you know, we've heard that 
heard of generational design, you know, listed, especially recently with Corvette. I, I forget what generation they're on right now, but even, I mean, even Honda uses this with their Civic. They say yeah. they're on the eighth generation Civic or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever generation. So, um, the, the fifth generation of Mustang is the one that's actually the throwback design. And that came about in around 2005. Um, and that goes back to like a late 1960s style Mustang. Mm-hmm. And this was, I don't know, at the time, it was pretty remarkable. It was really cool to see something like this back on the road again. And it's a gutsy move from a car uh, manufacturer's perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about it, this is something that often doesn't occur to people when you just ride in a car, you see one on the street. But it's incredibly difficult to make a car. It's even more crazy to make hundreds and thousands and sell them. Mm -hmm. And so making cars... Uh, has to be a risky business. And, uh, if you are in charge of, uh, a car company or a mark, uh, brand of some sort and you decide to go back to the classic, uh, that's a, that's a huge decision and a lot of other companies have their eyes on you. It is. And the, and the thing is with that, you know, we talk about concept cars a lot. Yeah. Concept cars have a huge part in this because they monitor, they, you know, they, they test and they see how it's received on the um, on the auto show circuit, mm-hmm. and they decide you know whether it's getting a lot of press in the magazines, whether it's getting a lot of blog attention, you know what whatever happens to be happening around the the uh, the concept car, uh, they they take that at heart. They they decide that you know people really do like this design and it's 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 popular, or they may say well that was quite a flop. We're not going to do that, and it cost us you know five million dollars to make the concept car, but but you know good thing we just lost five million, not you know invested a hundred million in. Production of this thing, or you know, two hundred million, or whatever it happens to be, mm-hmm. but the numbers are huge when you when it comes down to production. And I think that you know, another thing is that a lot of people, you know, this is this is something we should just mention briefly and, and move on. But you know, there's the the modern reliability with the old school style, and ah, that's yes. that's what I think a lot of people really really like about these designs. You want to have your cake, I mean, car. And eat it, I mean, drive it too. Exactly. That's a very good way to put that because, um, you know, for kit cars and things like that, that's what a lot of people really enjoy about kit cars is that you can get, you know, the old style designs. You can have any, any style vehicle you want and put a modern drivetrain in that thing Mm -hmm. and, and it'll have modern reliability to the best of your ability to build that car, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you get this from the factory, uh, you get a warranty with it. You get a powertrain warranty. You get, you know, the rust through warranties. You get, you know, all the, all the perks that you get of buying a new car. With that old design that, you know, people are kind of uh, nostalgic about, you know, maybe from back in the 1960s, 1970s, or even further back, you know, when we talk about some of these later. Uh, let's see. Yeah, wait. Which order do you want to go in? Uh, we're you want to go, go Challenger. Chronological order. Now let's go to the chronological order. So let's okay. go. Yeah, you're right. Challenger's next. Challenger's next. So you want to, you want to talk about it or you want me to? Why, why don't you take the lead on this one? I'm, I'm really excited about the Camaro. All right. All right. So, so I don't so, want to do disservice. All right. So Challenger. Now... Challenge, the Dodge Challenger was a production vehicle from 1970 till 74, and then mm-hmm. there's a break from 78 till 83. Uh, this is actually the third generation because it did go away after 83, the Challenger did. Yeah. Uh, when the Challenger came back, this is, again, the third generation from about 2008 until right now, and this really goes back to the 1970s style, like the early 1970s style. Um, again, just a, a really cool uh you know, design that, you know, they thought would sell well and they, they did the, uh, you know, the market research and decided that, yeah, we're going to bring it back and it has been popular. It looks so cool. It really does. It really does. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for my car. 
I, I, God, I almost feel like I'm talking about cheating or something, but man, <laughs> I would, I would love a challenger. Yeah. No, I understand. You shouldn't, I shouldn't feel that way. Maybe you can add it to your collection. Okay. Well, listeners, nobody tell my car. <laughs> <Very good. laughs> okay. Right. And then the third one that we want to talk about. Ah, uh, yes. The Chevy Camaro. Yeah. Go ahead. Hit us. Okay. With it. So, um, Chevy Camaro, I think it's an understatement to say that this is iconic. Uh, we're talking about something that comes out in like, Late 1966 and early 1967, it's in production for 35 years. Mm -hmm. In 2002, um, now, let's see, that would be four generations. Uh, 2002, they uh, stop. And a funny thing happens in 2007, I think. What happened? A movie called Transformers comes oh, out. Oh yeah, that's big. That yeah, plays big into this. Which is which is such a weird thing. So uh, people who've seen Transformers, the Michael Bay one, um, in the in this movie, there's a one of the good Transformers is an Autobot named Bumblebee, mm-hmm. and Bumblebee uh, is when he's not kicking robotic butt as as some sort of alien robot, he is a beat up Chevy Camaro, mm-hmm. a okay. yellow and black Chevy Camaro. Very cool. And this, now I'm not, we can't pin it all on this character, but that really brought, uh, the Camaro back into the main, the public consciousness, not just of car enthusiasts, but you know, just people who like, I, I don't know, imaginary robots. Sure. Why, why not? Everybody liked it. And so, um, in 2009, they start to work on the fifth generation of the Camaro. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history, yeah, 2010. So, yeah, so the model year would be 2010 until mm-hmm. right now. And I agree with you. I think this is one of the most striking designs on the road right now. Uh, as far as the retro designs, I think mm-hmm. this is probably, uh, my opinion, I think this is one of the coolest ones. Yeah. We have someone here in the office that has one. No, we who? Yeah. Uh, Ramon has one. Oh, that's, and oh. I'll tell you, Ramon has done quite a bit of work on his. I talked to him a lot in the hallway, mm. you know, just, uh, passing 630 horsepower, Ben. He's bumped his up to 630 horsepower. It's a 2010, and you're talking like horsepower range of like a modern Ferrari. Yeah, that's, uh, a, it's, he's made it a beast. It's intense. It's very intense. He's taking me for a ride in it, and it, it crackles and pops and has all <laughs> the, all the good sounds that you would expect, but, uh, mm. it looks, Pretty close to stock. Uh, it's it's awesome. It's really really cool. So um, you know, there's a lot being done with these things. I mean, that gives you an idea that you know the horsepower you can take these things up to. And he's he's looking to go to 800. Um, so that I mean, it, it it really goes up from there. You can there's a lot of aftermarket parts for these things, just like mm-hmm. you could you know back in the day. Um, anyways, I, I really think that these three, you know, the Mustang, the Challenger, the Camaro, they make a statement on the road. They sure do. And sometimes it, it's funny because if you were a fan of these cars back in the '60s and you for some reason didn't know that they came back, yeah. Uh, then can you imagine it's like seeing uh, something out of a time machine? Yeah, that would uh, be really cool. In some cases, and you know, I think and it's they really also cool. they also add um, there's some special appearance packages that that these companies are doing, and uh, like Ford, for instance, will come out with like uh, you know like an Eleanor package, uh, you know, and these also come from uh, other tuners. Mm-hmm. But let's say there's a an Eleanor package that's you know supposed to mimic the look of the vehicle from the uh, the Gone in sixty seconds movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like super B decals that you can buy for the Challenger. Um, you know, you can do the rally stripes package on the, uh, Camaro. Um, you know, so it has like the, the look of the 1969 500 pace car. 
uh, you know, the, the white vehicle with the oh, orange wow. rally stripes, uh, or, you know, they do the reverse of that too, an orange car with white stripes. Um, it's just, it seems like it's unlimited what they can do with it, you know, when, when taking it back to what the car looked like. They can put, you know, the old red line tires on the thing. Um, just, there's a, there's a, a world of opportunity out there for somebody who, who wants to tune these things. And, we have some honorable mentions. Yeah, that's right. Can, are, can I do one? Yeah, please. Super you know, excited. Hit me with a few of them because uh, okay. there's, a, there's a couple. There's I've got a, I've got a medium sized list. All right, all right, Mr. Benjamin. I'll I'll, I'll see you on your medium sized list and uh, raise you. I, I got nothing to raise you uh, on. <laughs> that's all right. Um. Okay. So we've talked about it before. You know it. You love it. If you were listening to this show earlier, then you have heard about the DeLorean. Oh yeah. Or you weren't listening. So <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, uh, the, the DeLorean, we, we're not going to go into it. This is an honorable mention. We have an entire podcast on it. If you want to hear more about it, um, the DeLorean, uh, of course, the iconic vehicle in back to the future. And that is the last time I'll say iconic mm-hmm. in this podcast, uh, is, Perhaps one of the most visually uh, striking, like the most memorable uh, looking cars. Sure. Uh, it's maybe. recognizable. Yeah, because it's a character in mm-hmm. a trilogy almost. Yep. Um, so without spoiling our other show, we'll just let you know that for a while things did not work out so well for DeLorean and the founder of that company, John DeLorean. It went away. It went away. It came back. Uh, and a company, and it came back in a weird way. This is why you and I put it on honorable mentions, I mm-hmm. believe. Uh, it came back with a company, uh, DMC Texas. Mm-hmm. I think it's DeLorean Motor Company. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically got all of the old parts of DeLoreans that, that had not been built. And they uh, yeah, what if got we, the plans. One, one quick thing. Let me interrupt yeah. here. I think they... Only turned out from the factory something like nine thousand cars, right? Yeah. So they built enough parts to build thirty-five thousand cars. Mm-hmm. So you can see where there's there's this uh, this glut of parts and and you know pieces mm-hmm. for the DeLorean, which goes to the old uh, the old internet story that we found about uh, pieces of DeLoreans being used as anchors on Japanese ships. Remember that? Which is true. Which <laughs> is totally true. Yeah. Sadly enough. So, uh, so honorable mention to DeLorean. If you like Back to the Future that much, you can pull a Doc Brown and buy your own, uh, DeLorean. They only make a few a year nowadays. Uh, but also they have an all electric model coming out next year. Oh, really? I won't buy that. <laughs> I, I'm not going to buy it either. I, I think it, I think the car looks great, but honestly, if it's between, if it's between a Challenger. Yeah. And a DeLorean, I have cast my vote. Oh, okay. Right, gotcha. Your turn. Okay. All right. So I've got a few here. You know yeah. what? And that, that kind of shows where we're going with this that, you know, there, there's these honorable mentions. It's not like they're the, you know, the factories bringing back the design. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not that, you know, some of these are not going to be exactly the way that they appeared in, let's say, in the 1940s. Yeah. But, you know, they've got cues that come from the 1940s or something like that. You know, there's, there's a lot of different, uh, I don't know, areas of, of gray here. That, yeah, you know, this is need... a weird Venn diagram. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's, uh, let's just list a few here and see if you agree. And I'm sure that people have, okay. have formulated some of their mind. Maybe mm-hmm. some of these will, will come up in this list. Maybe they won't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, tell us on Facebook. Maybe we'll get that email. Like, how could you guys oh, miss this one? You know, I know we will. I know, I, love I those absolutely emails. know we will. Yeah. Okay. So let's right. just, yeah, let's yeah, go yeah. through our list real quick here. Um, first I wanted to mention is the Morgan Motor Car Company. Now, Morgan, if you if you know anything about Morgan, they they use uh, they had used in the past an ash wood frame, 
Uh, they still use ash wood in the building of the vehicle, but they use it as a buffer, I think, between an aluminum frame and the actual bodywork. Ah, uh, okay. Like the exterior bodywork. Yeah. So, you know, wood is still part of the vehicle. When you look at them, you still see, you know, the Roadster from the 1940s. Mm. You see the exact same vehicle. And, you know, some even, even now, they still produce. If you, if you look at Morgan, Morgan Motor Car or Morgan, Morgan, that's tough for me to say, morganmotor.co.uk. Uh, look under the vehicles and, uh, you'll, you'll be able to see, you know, their, their entire lineup of vehicles from the Aero 8 all the way down to like, they've got a supercar, uh, which looks very much like the old original cars, but, you know, much more aerodynamic and smooth. Uh, they still have the old vehicles with, you know, the fifth wheel on the back end of the car, mounted yeah, on the bonnet. Yeah. I'm sorry, on the, uh, on the trunk. So, um, uh, and I don't know, it's, it's an interesting car. Just check, check out Morgan. There's, and they still have the three wheel car that they built, which I think is kind of cool. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastor on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of MoviePhone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. So it never really went away in that case. Yeah, that's a, that you're in my mind with this thing. We're on the same page because that's what I was going to say too. Some things never went away. Uh, can I say one? Yeah. The Volkswagen Beetle. Very good. So the Very Volkswagen good. Beetle, of course, um, now, I know I can't spend the entire list saying it's always a very recognizable car, but mm-hmm. c- come on, man. You don't, even people who don't drive know what a Volkswagen Beetle is. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's very recognizable from the, the, uh, what was the 1930s, I believe, 1937, mm-hmm. 38, somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah. Um, and recently redesigned again in, ni- I'm sorry, in 2012. Mm-hmm. So they've got a brand new design, which is real similar to the old one, but, uh, supposedly more masculine. They've gone for the, uh, the more <laughs> masculine look. Which is funny. I was about to say the same thing. That's, that's crazy because they have that, yeah, they want it to have a tougher looking exterior, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's funny. Um, and when the when the beetle the new beetle came out, I saw some folks um, not this 2012 design they're working on, mm-hmm. but uh, previously, um, one one of my friends told me it was a, it was a girl car, mm-hmm. and I said why? And and, I, and he said, look at that, that's a space for a flower butt. Oh sure, on the dash, flower face on the dash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought he was joking until yeah. I looked it up. <laughs> nope. Nope. That's how it was uh, displayed initially at the auto shows. So yeah. um, that's something that's carried over. You know. That, that's, well, anyways, that's true. Any, anyhow. So yeah, it never really went away. Okay. How about uh, the Mini? I mean, you're talking about the Mini that goes all the way back to. Uh, hang on a second. I got my notes here. 1959. Um, what? Back, you know, when it was a uh, British Motor Car Company, uh, British Motor Corporation, I guess, BMC. Uh-huh. Uh, so 59 to 68 was when it was owned by them. Then it went, you know, this one has a long history because it, it mm. basically had the same design for all these. Uh, British Leland, 1968 to 86, and then Rover owned it from 86 to 88, mm. and then British Aerospace owned it from 88 to 94, and then the new generation BMW, which, uh, you know, it kind of went away a little bit, mm. and I don't want to say totally gone after 94, but... Uh, BMW brought it back in 2001 with the current design, you know, kind of the modern mini that yeah. people think of. So that's yeah. one that, and it looks very, very similar to the original design. And it's been called so many things before over its time. It's been called an estate car. Mm-hmm. I think it's been called a crossover SUV. Sure. And- Primarily mini. I mean, a lot of people mm-hmm. just call it mini, but there's a lot of different variations of it. And we're seeing some of those come back as well, like that little wagon that they have now, the yeah. Clubman. Um, it's just a lot of different, uh, new designs. I'd like to see the mini pick up again. That's yeah, one that I'd like to see come bad. back because they had those in the past, and and I would really think that'd be cool. I I constantly need a small pickup truck you know, mm-hmm. to bring stuff to and from the house, and uh, I'd love to have that. And uh, would you love to have a Ford Taurus? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> would you uh, like? You know would that's you like one, to hear about it? That's one that escaped me, but the current one, yes, I would. Yeah, yeah, I so, really would. Um, yeah, so the the Ford Taurus, um, as you know, has uh, been around since I think around eighty five, eighty six. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, and uh, it had a very brief discontinuation, so that's why I feel like it's an honorable mention. Yeah, the bar of soap design, or what they call it, the jelly bean design. I think <laughs> that was the original. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know what? Very popular at the time. Very popular. Yeah, and. Uh, Discontinued, I believe, in 2007, mm-hmm. um, but not for long, and it is back. And, it came back, and I yeah. think it looks pretty sharp. I do think it looks very sharp. They, You know what? Ford Taurus, you clean up all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think it looks uh, looks really cool. I like their new commercials, too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, how about uh, the Fiat 500? Ah, yes. That's a that's a big one that's come back recently. Now, um, Fiat and Chrysler, you know, they're uh, they're 
com- combined work here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Fiat 500 design goes all the way back to 1957. Um, 1957 to 1975, as a matter of fact. Um, in about 2007, the new Fiat 500 came out with, uh, you know, the, the Chrysler badging, mm-hmm. or rather Fiat badging, but under the, the, Ownership of Chrysler, you know, however it works. I think Chrysler's under the ownership of Fiat, actually. Uh, um, so, without getting into all the politics, of this whole thing, anyways, <laughs> Fiat 500 looks very much like the original. Not exactly, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. again, you know, here's your uh, your older style design with the modern interior, modern drivetrain, and it's stretched a little bit from yeah. the from the original. It's, it's a little bigger because there's a lot more safety that it has to, safety features that go into these things, like uh, you know, just like the Mini. Yeah. Um, you know, the, when these things have 12 airbags. You know, where do you think all that's going to go in an, in an, uh, an older mini design? There's just not room for it. It's so, on the side of the road. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> side, you know, the, the passenger side impact uh, restrictions and, you know, the, just the requirements, rather. There's just a lot more that has to go into the new design. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about uh about that though because it's still it still looks like such a singularly singularly there we go. Very nice. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, European car. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see those around the streets. How about this one, Ben? What's this that? one's gone again, though. But um, And this is one that kind of doesn't fall into the category, like we talked about, a comeback, really. But the Plymouth okay. Prowler. That was a hot rod design, yeah. if you've ever seen a hot rod design. Sure enough, and yeah. Prowler, I mean, it was a cool-looking car. I still mm. think they're cool. I, I've mm. seen one within the last year. I can't remember exactly where, but you know, they're not as common down here as they are, let's say, up in Detroit. Uh, you'll occasionally see them around. Yeah, but, there uh, were a couple folks in in our uh, in our area here, our neck of the woods. Yeah, and that, occasionally that you'll happen. see you'll see them come out. Mm-hmm. Um, just it's rare, but you'll see them. Um, but again, that's a that's a hot rod design from back in the what 1930s, 1940s. Sure, yeah. I, I don't know when to place that one exactly. Old school though, because it's got that elongated. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, you know, again, Plymouth is gone, so that one's gone as well. I thought they might bring it back as a Dodge, but they didn't, uh. or not as of yet. Not yet. Yeah. We'll never not, say never. Not that I've heard anything, but, uh, you know, you never know. What do you got next? Uh, let's see. On my list. Oh, I've got a, a few here that I also want to mention. Um, these are some that I actually just kind of scribbled down on the way into work this morning. <laughs> okay. um, the Dodge Dart. Dodge Dart is coming back for 2013. And, um, you know, that's a name that's been around since the late 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't look anything like the original vehicle but the name has come back so the dodge dart if you you know you were a fan of that in the past this isn't going to look anything like it but uh you know if the name is there same with the charger mm-hmm. uh the dodge charger uh, i'm trying to think when that came out i had a, a note here somewhere and I'll, I'll find it eventually but um the charger came back and i think a lot of people you know that was even before the challenger and the charger i think a lot of people were really hoping that that would look like you know the uh the general lee yeah. And it has a couple little styling cues in it now where, you know, like there's a there's a cutout in the door, an imprint in the door that looks like the old Charger. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the taillight design now looks like it, but the original, not the original, the, the one from the late 2000s that came out, I think a lot of people, or mid-2000s, I think a lot of people were really expecting that it would look like, you know, the, again, the 1960s Charger, and yeah. it did not, not in any way really. Well, you can always just paint the flag on it anyway. Right? That's true. And I think a lot of people actually did do that, you know. But um, I, I was kind of hoping for the original design as well. Don't didn't, give up. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. So um, I got a few here. If you yeah. want me to keep going, yeah, yeah. All right. So let me just uh, cross a few out. Dodge Dart's gone. Dodge Magnum. Now, Magnum. That's an interesting car because I saw one this morning on the way in. I think I've been thinking about it since last night. Mm-hmm. Um, not really. I mean, there's a, there's an older Dodge Magnum from the 1960s, 70s. I'm sorry, 1970s, 80s. 
there's actually a Dodge Magnum vehicle. It's a car. But the Dodge Magnum that I'm talking about is the station wagon version. Oh, yeah, yeah. And people just fell all over themselves when this car came out, honestly. And there's yeah. a lot of people, there's a huge following of this car. And I'm not saying like a cult following. I think there's a lot of people that really like that design. Yeah, they're big fans of that design in general. I like big station wagons. I don't know why I always have. I've liked, you know, um, kind of the muscle car version of station <laughs> wagons. Like if yeah. you get a, you know, like the Plymouth GTX station wagon, <laughs> the uh, the GTO station wagon, you yeah. know, whatever, the, 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 the long body with, you know, the, um, I guess the extra room to carry it. But I've always liked the shooting brake design, too. So mm-hmm. it has something to do with it. Well, also, it makes sense uh, from your perspective, too, if you like the Mini Cooper truck idea. Yeah. You know, it's it's a, it's a lot of storage space. If you've ever sat in one of these mm-hmm. in the Magnum, uh, I, I'm, I'm surprised because one of my friends here has one. And so when I sit in the back seat, it's it's remarkably spacious. Cool. Yeah, I, I really think they look neat. I think I, when they come out with like the the cop car package, you know, with the the black vehicle, with the white <laughs> yeah. doors, and the black wheels. Um, anyways, it's an old style, and to bring back the station wagon because Volvo at the time was probably the only one that was really doing the station wagon, the, the real boxy station wagon. That's a good point. Chrysler came out with during the concept car phase of this vehicle, if I remember right, Chrysler, and I don't know if it was specifically Dodge, but. They had a concept that looked an awful lot like the um, like the old Chevy Nomad station wagons from the 1950s, and that looked so cool. And you know what? They were pretty true to it when they brought out the Magnum. Not not exactly, but fairly true to it. And you know, there's been some hinting around that the Nomad wagon would come back, but I think that's gone away recently. Um, but anyways, I, I really like the uh, I like that great big old station wagon look, and it's not so old. It's pretty modern looking. But you know, the station wagons had gone out of our consciousness for a while. Mm-hmm. We just didn't think about them because we were in like this minivan stage, you know, like this era where that was kind of the thing to do. Right. And that's when station wagons went away. So now, well, you know, with the Magnum and the Magnum's gone, but I've heard a little bit of talk that there might be something coming back, you know, in the, uh, in, in the Magnum arena. And sometimes people, uh, I, I think it's very easy to get mixed up in the labels mm-hmm. that get used in marketing stuff. Uh, how different let's be honest, how different uh, is a crossover SUV, see my finger quotes, yeah. from a station wagon? I don't know, Ben. They've they're got too some, tall. They're too, they're, tall they're, they're, they're too tall. Right. They're too tall. But they've got um, they've got so many similarities. Yeah. And I think that, the you know, the whole hatchback uh, open space trunk mm-hmm. design, it's, it's very useful. It's also something that you should think about if you're if you're a car buyer because you know it's like how they they uh s- some companies will sell barbies as dolls right to girls traditionally <laughs> but the, the gi joes are action figures yeah, I get and you. How, how different are these two? i get you i get you and, and you know what the the uh, the magnum to me it was uh, i mean I don't. I wouldn't say that that was really like a grocery getter type car. If you got you know, a certain option, you can get an SRT version, which was really powerful, yeah. like 425 horsepower. You know, if they had blacked out windows and they were lowered a little bit, and you yeah. know, just they looked really. I'm going to say sinister. They looked really sinister on the road, and I like that. I, I really do like that design. I could see it. Really depends on the color. I can okay. see that. Sorry, spending I too much time. Yeah, on yeah. That. Go, so go, let's, go. Uh, let's move on. I've just got a couple more I want to mention here, and then then we've got a little uh, something that we want to talk about at the end here that I think people will find interesting. Yes. Um, what about the uh, the Chevy HHR? Now that's the one that looks a lot like the PT Cruiser, and there's mm-hmm. good reason for that. Remember the PT Cruiser came out, and everybody's kind of like, "Whoa, what's that? That yeah. looks so remarkable." Well, now it's kind of uh, I don't know. 
passe, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, and that, you know, it still has that same design. I think, it, I think they're not making them anymore. I don't remember exactly, but, um, it had a 1930s styling to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same exact designer moved from Chrysler after he designed the, you know, the PT Cruiser. He moved over to Chevrolet and designed the HHR. And that's why they look very, very similar. I see. Um, but, you know, again, kind of a cool design. But I think we're we're seeing just too many of them. They're just kind of a glut of these things on the market, and you know you see them all the time. Yeah, scarcity it, is yeah, part of it. Exactly, you know? and you know there's a similar design from Chevy that I think was about the same time, I guess, as the HHR. There was the SSR, which was the pickup truck that looked like it was from the 1940s. Yeah, that had you know a modern drivetrain again, and had you know two seats. It was very uh, you know it's not made for hauling anything. Um, you know, you couldn't go to pick up a yard of dirt in the back of the thing. Um, I don't know. It just looked like the 1940 Chevrolet pickup. And I thought that was kind of cool that, you know, they brought it back. Um, I'm a little tired of it though. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I just, uh, I, I would prefer the, the original to the new version on that one. Do you have another one? You know, um, is this the end of the list? Is it time? Let's say, let's say that's the end, but I'm going to leave it open that, you know, there's probably a hundred more. There are probably a hundred more. We'd love to hear from <laughs> listeners, of course, as always, who are going to tell us, I can't believe you guys missed this one. Yeah. But here's the thing, guys. We have to move on because, as usual, we, we got a little wrapped up in ourselves. Uh, and we're actually very excited to talk about the next part, which is Scott Benjamin. Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. 
The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenney, chief marketing and growth officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine yourself as just like the emperor of cars, and it's up to you to see any discontinued car that you want back on the road. Oh, cool. You got any picks? I've got uh, I've got about three because we talked about this ahead of time, and mm-hmm. I know you've got a couple as well. So I hope we're not you know doubling up on these. Do you want to alternate or do you want to go uh, all, all of mine, all of yours? I would like you to do all of yours, and then I'm just going to do one. I really thought about this. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Just one. <laughs> Very definitive. Very definitive. <laughs> I know, I know. All right. I've got three here, and I'm going to just say in general, I'd like to see – uh, the Corvette bring back the design from the mid sixties. I want to say like the, the Stingray designs from like the 1963, you know, the split window. Yeah. Yeah. Up to about the 1966. I just think that design is so cool. Now I know that, um, you know, they're, they're bringing back kind of the, the, uh, late sixties, early seventies style in some of their concepts. But I think that the actual vehicle itself, you know, with the ZR1 and the, you know, the, they're kind of, pushing themselves up into like the supercar class. Mm. Uh, so it's not really going with a, like the retro design, like, you know, they've done with the court, um, rather the, uh, the Camaro or Dodge is done with the Challenger, Ford's done with the Mustang. They're not going back in design. They're going forward and making it more of a modern, uh, I don't know, like a spaceship type design. <laughs> you know, the, the, uh, the supercar design. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one. I'd like to see the Corvette from the mid sixties. Okay. Um, I'd also like to see, oh, the Jaguar E-type. If they oh, could good bring, call. if they could bring back a modern version of the E-type, you know, the shooting brake design, which I mentioned before. Yeah. I just, I have an affinity for that type of design. I, I love it. I love that Ferraris brought that back with their FF design. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of BMWs that have a shooting brake design, the hardtop M class, seri- uh, vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I think there was a Z3 and a Z4 with that design. I just love that design. So Jaguar if, E-type. if Jaguar could bring back the E-type, I think that'd be so cool. Um, with a lot of styling cues from the past because the you know the original was so neat. Yeah. Uh, the last one or last two that I want to mention here, I know these won't happen, Ben, but uh, you know these are from <laughs> these are from Plymouth, and so that's that's one reason why they won't happen. But if Plymouth could come back, or if Dodge could make a version of the old Plymouth from 1970, the Superbird, you know the uh, the old Roadrunner. With yeah. the giant wing on the back and the pointed, you know, the cone front end. Yeah, I but, can see it now. But a modern version of it. And I'm sure that, you know, there's there's a lot of renderings out there and there's some speculation or whatever that they're mm-hmm. going to do it. But um, I would love to see that design. And the other one would be the, uh, again, another Plymouth, but the 1969 Plymouth GTX, which is just a, I don't know, it's just a badass muscle car. <laughs> I'd love to see that come back again. Because I had a neighbor that had one. I had an uncle that had one. Yeah. And uh, those that specific year and that specific design just looked it was awesome. Those are really good. Those I, are really good ideas. That, that's my, I guess, I'll call that four picks because I, I think it was really four vehicles there. But uh, if they could bring those back, I, I'd be happy. I'd love to see those on the road. Mm-hmm. Well, now, let's pretend. Now you've yeah. got one more, right? Just one. It's true. I only have one. And I thought about this 
And I thought about this, and before we came in to do the show, you know, I scampered over to your desk, and I'm like, "Hey, man, what are you, what are you thinking? How many cars are you thinking?" Yeah, and you said, "I've got a hundred. I'd like to see." Yeah, I did. I did. I did say I had a Which lot. Put pressure on me to make my list up to four. Yeah, Scott and I are both notorious for uh, scribbling, literally, as we're right, walking into the studio. So I thought about this, and I thought, man, that's not cool. I can't spend a half of an episode just listing cars I would like to see. That's like daydreams. What been. is it? What is it? You're killing me. Okay, you're gonna be disappointed. Yeah. What? It, it was originally. It was originally. A pa- I was originally going to say a Packard, any Packard. Oh, cool. After I went from the list of 12, but then I really thought about it. I sat down. I had some moments of truth for myself, and I would like to see Pontiac Bonneville's back. Here's why. Pontiac Bonneville. I know. I know. It's a left field. It's a left field thing. Uh, okay. Um, because, you know, they're basically road yachts. They're really – they're mm-hmm. the, um, they're pretty big. These are I've, – I've had two of these cars in the past. You're talking about – Old style Bonnevilles, yes. right? The, the great big four door Bonnevilles that are that are huge with couches in the front and back, right? <laughs> is that the kind? <laughs> Pretty much. Is it okay? It's a good description. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now the one, and and that's because I never got to own one of those really awesome like fifties, early sixties ones. Yeah. But um, the ones I owned were uh, the probably nineties, maybe late eighties kind okay. of thing. And um, I always. I always liked the idea of those cars. They seem, they seem stately, uh, to me. So I know a lot of people are like, oh, Ben, you wasted your choice. And you know what, guys? Maybe you were right. But I really like those cars. And you I'd know like what? to see them back. I, if done right, mm-hmm. I think that they could make quite a statement. If it was a, if it was a great big four-door sedan that had, you know, it was more of a grand touring car, like a big luxury Definitely. vehicle. It is, yeah. Um, you know, something that you would take a, a cross-country trip in and be very, very comfortable. You know, something with a big engine, lots of torque, mm-hmm. um, just a cruising vehicle, really. It really is nostalgia that mm-hmm. makes me say this rather than any, any opinion about performance and stuff. And, and like, obviously, when I said one of my choices were uh, one of my first choices would be Packard's. I was already thinking that way. But, uh, don't 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 sweat it, Ben, because I've been recently in our area here. Yeah, I've been visiting. I'll say visiting with finger quotes a uh, 1973 Cadillac that's uh, that's pretty awesome. And uh, again, it's like th- this monster vehicle. It wouldn't even fit in my garage. It's bigger than my current vehicle, which is like 18 and a half feet long. This one's a little bit longer, mm-hmm. and I know the door wouldn't shut. Oh man, you you guys know. Uh, what Scott means when he says he's been visiting. I know what that means. Yeah. You've been just going <laughs> I've been, checking out that car. I've been looking. Yeah. So, um, all right. These are our picks. These are our car comeback ideas. Uh, we also want to hear from you guys. And to prove it, I have just a little bit of listener mail. Oh, sure. Hey, Scott and Ben, says Sam from the Internet. Uh, he's writing in to the uh, in response to the Popemobile episode. Mm-hmm. He had just uh, republished, actually. Oh, okay. One of our classic hits, you might say. Easy to find. Easy to find. <clears throat> he says, in 2008, my college class took a field trip to the Canadian Science and Technology Museum in Ottawa, Ontario, the capital of Canada, he helpfully adds. We got to see a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff at the museum, including one of the warehouses where vehicles are stored. As we walked through the warehouse with our tour guide, we came across a certain white car, and to my surprise, and I'm sure a few of my classmates, it was an actual Pope-mobile used by Pope John Paul II on a visit to Canada in the mid-'80s. The tour guide told us that the reason the museum had a car 
had the car was because the AC broke during the Pope's visit, and it was cheaper to leave it here than to send it back to the Vatican. Oh, my gosh. And so he's got a little bit of the inside there. The inside of the bubble had a very comfy-looking chair and a panel with temperature settings and vents similar to what's on the dash of the regular car. And we we were talking about this in the episode, uh, if they had communication stuff. I believe it also had a communication system so that the Pope or anyone riding in the bubble with him could talk to the driver. Interesting. You know, no AC in that thing? Can you imagine it being in a glass box on top of a vehicle? Because that's usually what those are, right? The Pope Mobile has kind of like a bubble on top really, yeah, for the yeah, Pope, right? Yeah. Bulletproof bubble. Now, can you imagine being in that if the sun was baking down on you? I suppose in Canada, maybe the temperatures were a little mm. cooler. Just I'm just generalizing. Maybe <laughs> right, it was cooler. Right. Who knows? Maybe it was a 90-degree day. It depends on the year, but, the time of year. And, and he wears all those robes and just that heavy yeah. material. Oh my gosh. So it's been... no, it's no wonder they couldn't use it anymore, but I mean, can, uh. Probably smells like sweat in there. Oh. Pope sweat. Sam, thanks for writing in. Go, uh, do us a favor and check with the museum and, you know, would they sell it if we fix the AC? No comment on Pope sweat. I'm, I'm letting it, I'm letting it percolate. <laughs> I'm letting the Pope sweat percolate. Yeah, I, I would let that one go too. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, so I guess that's about our time, huh? You ready to get out of here? Oh, yeah, I think I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so right. uh, so thank you guys so much for listening to a brand new episode of Car Stuff. We want to hear from you. We want to hear about the cars that you want to see back on the road. Yeah, forgive me. You can tell us on Facebook. You can tell us on Twitter. Uh, you can also make fun of me for my ludicrous pipe dream about Bonnevilles. Um, and if you want to do all of those things uh, directly, uh, you can contact us at carstuff at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.